Hello again. I'm Randy Greenwell, the host of Great Hearts Table. Public radio likes to use the phrase, we are a listener-supported broadcast. I want to steal that. Great Hearts Table is a listener-supported podcast. It's free, of course, but I appreciate all who are able to help me get this out there. So if you want to contribute, there is a link in the show notes. And I hope you aren't burned out on these episodes having to do with burnout. That's not meant simply as a clever pun. Clearly, the phrase is applicable to lots of situations. And that's why I wonder if it might be better for us to think of this using the biblical phrase, losing heart. That descriptor focuses our attention on the place where perseverance is born and where it is lost. I'm glad you've joined us around Great Heart's Table. When Hurricane Ian recently ran off with our electricity, I had an opportunity to study the behavior of candles. Some, I noticed, burned quickly and, reaching their limit, grew dimmer, weaker, and then were no more. That is, they burned out. Slowly, over time, their energy leached away until they went dark. For some of you, this has been your ministerial trajectory. You once burned brightly, but you've been reduced to a flicker, if that. There's no shame in this, by the way. That I have persevered is due to grace, not grit. My dear friend and mentor, Bill Mills, believed that resisting burnout flows ultimately from a desperate clinging to this grace of God. He once wrote, quote, God is the source of our lives, our call, and our ministries. We're not here because of our skill, our eloquence, our brilliance, or our potential, but because of God's mercy. Only His mercies, which are new every morning, can sustain us in the ministry. Quote. Central to endurance in ministry is being brought back through whatever means possible to a renewed consideration of these mercies of God. To keep this perspective is spiritually necessary, but terribly challenging. So first we need to acknowledge spiritual warfare. Keeping a proper perspective is challenging partly because it is opposed. God's mercy in calling our things our enemy desperately needs us to forget. The devil will do everything in his power to silence or distract us. The difficulties we face and the stress we feel have proximate sources, of course, but they ultimately arise from an unrelenting adversary. To remember that I'm a subject of the devil's particular interest frequently forces me to return to Jesus' own reminder that he who is in me is greater than any external threat. Bill is right. Only his mercies, which are new every morning, can sustain us in the ministry. We also need to nurture consistent spiritual practices. That we might know the God of these sustaining mercies, we need to nurture healthy spiritual lives. Practices such as scripture, prayer, and worship are places where relationship is deepened. Where else can we go to argue with God, to get angry with Him, and in the end, to let Him quiet our hearts with His love? When we're too busy about our work, too consumed with meeting the needs of those around us, or too harried fending off the judgment of others, the routines that connect us to the presence and goodness of God are too easily overlooked. We can't allow that to happen. We need these moments to remind us of God's nearness and grace and 
that only His mercies, which are new every morning, can sustain us in the ministry. Third, we need to practice Sabbath. The spiritual practice pastors struggle with the most is the practice of Sabbath. We are those who, like the priests in the temple, desecrate the Sabbath by our profession. We need, though, both the worship and the rest that Sabbath offers. Without these, our hearts grow empty or prideful, and both outcomes are deadly. Many of us need to simply lose ourselves, I can think of no better way of putting it, in worship. We orchestrate and perhaps lead worship services and then let ourselves become too detached on Sunday to actually be fed by the liturgy we have worked so hard to create. It's a battle to put the distractions aside and to fix our eyes on Jesus, but it's a battle we need to win. Sabbath is for worship, so we need to worship. But Sabbath is also for putting us in our place. To think that everything depends on us crushes some and inflates others. Sabbath exists to move us back to a more realistic and theologically accurate perspective. One of the most transformative sentences I read in seminary was this one from J.H. Bovink. Quote, The missionary is himself of no importance, but what he does is a mighty weapon in the hand of the Lord who has sent him forth. End quote. The work is the Lord's, and I am of no importance. Sabbath resets our thinking regarding our place and the work God is doing. The work doesn't depend on us. Only His mercies, which are new every morning, can sustain us in the ministry. Uh, Some consider these acts of self-care we have touched upon over the past several posts as selfish and self-centered. I can't argue with that. Survival is a pretty self-centered behavior. And yet, the best thing we can do to continue loving others well is to survive. Still, despite our best efforts, our situations may explode. We may become the victim of injustice, of lies, of betrayal. We may grow exhausted. We may find that we have no choice but to leave the work we once loved. Should that happen, we can't forget the still present mercies of God. Only His mercies, which are new every morning, can sustain us in the ministry, or, I would add, out of it. Great Hearts Table is published on the first, second, and fourth Mondays of each month in both audio and print format. Thanks to Over the Rhine for permission to use their wonderful songs, All My Favorite People, and Called Home, and thanks to you for listening. I am Randy Greenwald, pastor of Covenant Presbyterian Church in Oviedo, Florida. Just shy of breaking down, there's a bend in the road that I have found called home. Take a left at loneliness, there's a place to find forgiveness called home.